up you guys, just doing a podcast from my airport hotel, I'm in, I'm in the, yeah I'm in Radisson airport um, in Dublin, sorry I'm looking for my Theraband which I can't find, which is going to piss me off, um, God knows where I put it, um, yeah so look tomorrow travel to Flagstaff, it's kind of like a small comfort probably the kind of comfort that became available when Under Armour started supporting me like I I didn't used to be able to afford airport hotels um but it saves me probably probably gives me an extra two hours sleep tomorrow morning and saves me about like three hours on top of the day um which given that it's a pretty long day and that's quite a lot. So usually what I would have done is got up, I don't know, six o'clock in the morning, ah, probably about five it used to be. And I would get the um, Dublin airport bus, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. Um, it's usually like two hours. But because you're doing a long haul flight, you know, you have to be at the airport a bit earlier. Um and if you're going to get an airport bus the morning of a long haul flight, then you kind of have to leave it. Usually I would get the bus before the final bus that I could get to like just about make it. Um, so it always added quite a sort of decent track to my morning. Yeah, like I say, I might have been up at like I think before I've been up at five and done like a four or five mile run. Um and then went back to the house. My old housemate Andrew would have gave me a lift to the Glengall, and then I'd have been gone from um, what would have been like five o'clock. And then I'm pretty sure I would get to Flagstaff about ten o'clock if everything went smooth. Um, and let's see, five o'clock in the morning. If you work back, it's about a twenty-five hour day. Um, so yeah, it used to be pretty shite. Um, but I mean, it's not like, it's not a million miles better tomorrow. Um, but the good thing is I get to hang around in this airport hotel probably till about half eight, nine o'clock. Um, and then I'll make my way over to Terminal 2. And yeah, like I think tomorrow it's, uh, Dublin to Philadelphia, Philadelphia to Phoenix, and then Phoenix to Flagstaff. So, yeah, not bad. So thanks very much, Under Armour, um, making travel um, a bit smoother because now I can afford luxuries like, you know, this airport hotel and a good meal tonight and, and not be, like, stressing that it's, like, a waste of money because in the past, you know, I probably just spent €200 Euro, um, on the hotel and dinner and breakfast tomorrow morning and... In the past, that would have been, I don't know, four physio sessions that, um, in my opinion, are far more worth it than saving three hours in your morning. Um, but also this time, I Rachel traveled with me to the. I'd have all, like it doesn't matter. I I would have had to book a hotel anyway because uh, Rachel traveled with me, and she's going to Leuven tonight. So, um, basically we traveled down together. I got an airport hotel to fly tomorrow, and um, she flies to Leuven tonight. Um, so yeah, look, things are 
things are good. Um, one of the I wasn't going to do a podcast, then it did one because um, you know I'm in this airport hotel, but I I'm sitting doing my rehab stuff because that's that's the funny thing we're running like it doesn't stop, and this is where I struggle the most, and that's probably why I did a podcast because I bet you guys struggle at this too like when you go on holiday with your family or girlfriend or by yourself whatever you do um i bet you don't stick with all your little rehab things that you you do at home and they're really easy to do at home because you're in this routine and you know it's it's shit when i mean i got to this airport hotel about seven o'clock i think and went downstairs had some dinner and now I've came back to the room, the Europa League finals on and I'm doing a podcast and hip thrusts on the couch. <laughs> but honestly that's just what you gotta do. Um like when the when I ran into difficulties like, you know, whether it was fatigue, whether it was a doctor injury, whatever it was, you know, it, it came from complacency and like, you know, I, I'm really, really, like, almost self-destructive with how, like, critical I am of myself and my actions. And, you know, I sat down with the uh, sports psychologist, Gary Longwell, pretty much week one of the fatigue. And we, like, brainstormed potentially everything that, like, could have led to me struggling, whether it was fitness, whether it was fatigue, whether it was injury um and you can always like retrace your footsteps and like hold yourself accountable which is absolutely amazing it is self-destructive like i told you but it's also pretty amazing that you can do that so you know we're tracking back and we're saying like yeah yeah you know i i got unlucky with the food poison directly after travel and then i'm like unlucky was it unlucky or you know like, is this the first time you've done a long haul flight and because you're not racing, you didn't pack hand sanitizer, you didn't pack snacks, you know, usually I have a bag of stuff, which is zinc tablets, lozenges, um, a nasal saline solution, which helps like soften um, like the, the nose a bit. Um, you know, I usually have all all this stuff going on really, really good. I mean, like. Usually I'm on it, um, and for the first time when I traveled, that actually just reminded me I need to update my whereabouts for the hotel for tomorrow morning. I, I, I did put it on my whereabouts, but I need to add my hotel room number now. Um, yeah, but look, usually I'm I'm really good um, and, and really thorough with, like, my preparation before a long-haul travel. Um, you know, I usually have, like, breakfast for the next day, um, just, just, I'm usually really on top of it, but because I wasn't racing this time and I was just going to like the Under Armour thing to do an event and really I should have treated it as I'm flying to Europe for a training camp, whereas I sort of took the Under Armour event thing first and then figured that the training camp started the following week. Um, yeah, just complacency there, like just being being a bit sloppy with my my planning and and like if you guys know I'm usually pretty damn good with my planning usually pretty thorough and cover all bases because well that's what you've got to do um and yeah this time I just wasn't and so you know we went back through we looked at everything and um 
rehab was one of the big things that went missing. Um, I just stopped doing it. So rehab, little gym stuff. You know, it's it's fucking ten minutes of the day, but like it's amazing. I'm not the only one that misses it. Like I bet, um, I bet a, a lot of other people like miss their rehab too. But it's literally ten minutes of your day, um, or maybe fifteen minutes. I don't really know. It depends on your program. Obviously, the gym side of things stopped too. Um, but yeah, look, this is um, this is what you got to do. Here I am, um, in my Radisson hotel, which I gotta say I'm a bit like disappointed um at the Radisson hotel. I thought it would be better. Um, but here I am anyway. <clears throat> um, do my rehab. I also brought the Normatex because I always bring them back to um Flagstaff. So after I do my rehab, I'm gonna put the Normatex on. Um and yeah, that's pretty much it. So I, I think I told you guys training for the first time went a little bit better. Um I'm not like one of the one of the things that I decided to do was check um lactates a little bit more because when I came back when I came back from Portugal and I did like a lactate test, let's call it, um my my lactates were a little bit higher than what they usually would be. And like I don't mean a little bit higher, not just at not just at speeds, um when like so to, to track your fitness, you can run at a certain speed on the treadmill, check your lactate, and you can assess whether you were fitter before by your lactate being lower. But the interesting thing with mine wasn't just um, lactate being lower at certain speeds that I know like have been lower in the past. It was like when I came off the treadmill after the warm-up, like when I came off the treadmill after the warm-up, my lactate was like, I think it was like 1.4 or 1.5 and that was like ridiculous because it's usually not 0.8. Um, so, you know, we, we decided, I, I kind of thought about it um, and I asked the physiologist at Sinai, um, like, should I buy a lactometer? Um, and he actually said that as part of my support, like they could um, let me use um, one of these lactometers. Um, so I end up taking this lactometer and I just kept an eye on it. And, you know, what I would do is um, at the end of like at the end of training runs, I would, you know, skin prick and, and test it. And, and it didn't it doesn't tell me a lot. Um, most of the time, it's not telling me a lot. Um, but <clears throat> I figured that if I'd been checking it every Monday morning um sorry, just one second. Room three, zero, four, hotel, floor three. Thanks. Sorry, whereabouts is a bit of a pain in the ass, but you do, you gotta do, you gotta do. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, I'm doing these skin prick tests, um, and I thought if I did it every Monday, and, and I thought had I been doing it every Monday, like basically Monday morning is an easy run where I jog along. I think I average six forty per mile, um, or seven minutes per mile. Let's say like, if when I finish that run, if my lactate is over 1.2 you know it it just shouldn't be it's a recovery run i shouldn't be producing basically barely any lactic acid if it is a bit higher it means i've carried some form of fatigue probably from the week before or the weekend etc etc um, and and so that was that was the whole point that was the point of starting to check it and um, anyway cut a long story short 
I did my run this morning. Um, I get home, I check the lactate, and you know, I told you it had been 1.2, 1.3, and I thought, ah, I don't really think that's, usually it's been lower, is what I sort of thought. Anyway, today it was 0.8. Um, and that's that's it back to a good place. Um, that's it back to, that. that's what it should be. Um, it used to be that I would um, go into the lab with Ricky and I would do my warm up and we would like, you know, as part of the warm up, we would do three minutes at 6.40 pace, three minutes at 6.20, three minutes at six minute pace. And I would come off the treadmill. My heart rate would be like, I don't know, 142 and the lactate would be 0.8. Whereas for the last like two, three weeks when we were doing a little bit of testing, it was like 1.2, 1.3. And that doesn't sound like a big jump. But given that my lactate's only 1.2, 1.3 at like 5.20 per mile, it's actually quite a big deal. Um, so I don't know what helped it go back to baseline. Um, maybe doing the rehab, you know, maybe chilling out a little bit and taking those like five rest days. Um, you know, not just that I take five rest days, I also just chill down in life a bit too. And, you know, I had like back to a couple of times a week, having a couple of ciders or Rachel, um, plenty of treatment on that adductor, plenty of rehab on that adductor, maybe like the lack of stress component, like that, that's a big thing. Like if your stress levels can drop, then you're just not as anxious. You're not as like, I don't know, it's, it's easier said than done. If for every day that I was in Portugal, you know, I had this adductor problem and every time I finished a run, it was sore, it was weak. Um, every time I, you know, I would go back into my apartment, I would sit down on the sofa and it would just throb just sitting there. Um, it was, it was a bit, it was a bit of a fucked up month for that, that adductor. Um, and that, and that really plays on your mind and it really plays on your confidence. And, and so maybe it's a combination of everything just settling. Yeah. My body seems to be in a, in a good place and, and ready to sort of build again, which like, that's what I've been wanting for a while now. Um, and I, and I got really emotional because, like it just it just felt like it it it's all relative. I've never experienced like fatigue or you know my body not getting fitter each week. And so usually for me the sport's been really simple. And the harder I work, the the better I run. Um, and you know I I had a lot of people that don't really know a lot about me or a lot about running like you know, get in touch with me and they'd be like, you know, why don't you just do 120 miles a week? Why don't you just do 130 miles a week? Why don't you just train harder? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, fuck, like I did. I tried like February. I tried March. I tried. And, you know, I, I talked about building the mileage up. I, I did a, a month where I was up over 110, 115. And, and, you know, I don't think it made me better. Um, The last two, three weeks, I've been like 45, 55, 60, and I've felt and seen my body get fitter and get better. And that's what should happen. Like running, running should be quite simple like that. If you're doing the right stuff, <clears throat> you should find at least every two weeks things move forward. And if you're constantly making excuses for why it's not moving forward, chances are you're, you're doing something wrong or chances are you're, you're training too hard or not hard enough. Um, I, I, I never believe that you should go more than two weeks without seeing progress. Um, 
and actually I, I I really enjoy doing you know some people like it some people don't I I genuinely enjoy doing the same training like maybe every two weeks you know where you do your same six mile loop maybe you run it at the same heart rate and off you go and it's like it's just like you checking in to see if like to see what's happening to see if it's got faster to see if you feel sometimes it won't get faster but you'll say to yourself you know what I just felt better this week doing that like you know you know last week I was sort of struggling and was happy for it to be over this week my heart rate was the same speed was the same but but I just know I think I had another lap in me you know something like that like that's that's the exciting thing about running like it doesn't speed heart rate blah 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 it doesn't always have to improve sometimes just listen to your body and listen to what it's telling you like I'd be far more excited about you know when I do like a threshold run or um you know you could be faster but your heart rate can be lower but you know deep down you didn't really fucking have another gear and I get really excited when I get to the point that I find it pretty easy to push the heart rate up you know where I'm in control it's kind of like okay this is tempo heart rate and then I push a little bit harder and it goes a bit above and then I go no 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 slow it down a little bit again that's a really good place to be in when you're in control around that like tempo rhythm and that tempo area because a lot of people in tempo runs are holding on and they actually don't have another gear um, and it reminds me of Dublin 10 mile last year like um I pretty much ran nine miles with a kid called Josh Griffiths um, who, d- who did really good at Dublin Marathon actually a couple of months after this but I did nine miles with him and I just remember feeling so in control and so easy and then we got the mile to go and I think I took 20 seconds out of him in the last mile I ran like 432 maybe and I'd, I don't know what he ran for it and but I just remember being really excited about that because I was I think I pushed my heart rate up to about 185 and I haven't seen 185 in like forever but it was just nice that it felt good um so no it's it's, it's something to be said about training um but I, I'm going back to what I what I know and what I do best and not getting like I'm not like fucking mad at myself you know I, I had this idea that you know the Olympics are <clears throat> the Olympics aren't far away and maybe my body will be able to handle 115 120 mile a week and like you think I'm going to be angry at myself for trying and then maybe getting a little bit of fatigue because of it but but actually like it's not that I tried to run 115 mile a week it's that I tried to run 115 to 120 mile a week at 7,000 feet while dropping all my gym stuff rehab stuff not being very good with my nutrition and you know like I I I prioritized running almost in a lazy way I decided that running was the main priority of the day and I just ditched all the other stuff um so you know let's just wait and see one thing I am going to do is um I think like a lot of people that are doing good like Dowie Griffiths and Callum Hawkins and I I don't know a huge amount about their training I mean I probably could just ask them but um in running we're a bit shy about things like this but it it seems to me that these guys are killing it um and from what I've heard and what I've seen because every problem one probably seen some of Callum stuff on Strava not long ago um 
I think they run pretty fast most days. Um, not every day, but I, I think, and from what I've seen of Andy Butchard's training, um, it's just not as simple as, you know, do your two sessions a week and just fill the rest of your week with easy running. Um, I, I don't think it's enough. So I'm, as part of my, you know, move towards trying to become an Olympian, um, I'm, I'm probably going to start trying if my body allows. Um, <clears throat> and I've already kind of been doing it over the last two, three weeks. Um, just making a couple more of my runs on the steadier side. Um, and that's where the lactometer will come in. You know, I'll still keep an eye on the lactic and stuff and make sure that I'm recovering and make sure that I'm not um, pushing too hard on some of those steadier runs. But you're probably looking at like, instead of just easy miles that, you know, some people could argue are junk miles often. Um, Because I don't want to get good at running slow. I want to get strong in and around what not necessarily marathon pace will be, but not a million miles away from that cadence and that. Um, And so when I put my heart rate to, I roughly run the marathon between 165 and 170 heart rate. So when I put my heart rate to something like, 155 for example it's usually about 545 to 550 per mile and um, and i think that's the kind of rhythm that on some of those easier days i'm going to have to start running at um, and i think it just comes down to a choice you know you leave the house and you either jog along or you leave the house and you you're a bit quicker in your step and you you get on with it um <laughs> i don't i don't necessarily know the, what I do know is if I keep things the same, if I run 90 to 95 mile a week and, you know, do my two sessions and do my pretty solid long runs every now and again, I, I know what that will lead to. You know, it'll lead to maybe 2.13.30 because I won't go the wrong way and, and maybe I'll get slightly nicer weather and, you know, maybe, like, my hamstrings won't hurt. Like, not necessarily what I'm aiming for. You know, like, I don't I don't think that's going to be enough. It's not, it doesn't fucking matter if it's enough to make the Olympics or not. I just have to ask myself, is that, is that how good I want to be at the marathon? Like, do I, do I want to be a 2.13.30 runner? I could also ask myself, is that, does that have to be the next step? You know, and I don't think that is the next step. I, I already am a fucking 2.13 something runner. I might not be on a piece of paper, but I know if I didn't go the wrong way at around 2.13 something and that was just an accident. That wasn't like, you know, it's not, it's not like, oh, your, your hamstrings cramped up. I'm not blaming the hamstrings because that's real. That happens. Being sent the wrong way is, is legit. You know, it's, it's not good. Um, so like, I don't think I should be content with just trying to go and run a result that I pretty much should have already achieved last January. You know, I need to be thinking bigger than that and better than that. And and so that's that's where my, my brain's at. I think it's time I want to use the support from Under Armour. Um, you know, you, you, I've just become a contracted athlete. I've just been selected for world champs. The first opportunity I have to raise my profile is to go to world champs and, and try to be successful at world champs. Um, what I do in the next 
four to five months will probably dictate whether or not I make the Olympics. Um, I can either, in the next four to five months, move things forward to a really good place and be in a really good place to then build upon the world champs to go and make the Olympics. Or the next four to five months could be just like before, you could say. Um, and that doesn't necessarily put me in any better or worse a position to make the Olympics. Um, just the same. Um, but I don't think the same is good enough. Um, I have to just start asking a bit more of myself now. Um, I think, you know, the more I look between the lines, I know more effort can be put in, um, whether it's the recovery from some harder training or whether it's, you, you know, the nutritional side of things that would allow for harder training and what you find over the last three to four weeks, <clears throat> yes, there's been a more relaxed attitude to life and all the rest of it, but I've been really good with the rehab. I've been really good. I've been like having an ice bath nearly every day, you know, like I've been so on top of trying to help my body recover as fast as possible so that I can get back to full training as fast as possible and give my body a real chance of starting to accelerate again. Um, and I think the more you help it, the more it starts to play ball with you. So now, look, it's a it's an exciting time, um, and it's an exciting time for me. Ireland is fucking crushing it, by the way, right now. Um, you know, John Travers, thirteen twenty eight, the junior Dara running thirteen fifty four, um, amongst other things. Um, it's just it's just a real cool time. Um, the distance running's moving on. I can't wait to see what Sean Tobin. Um, produces this summer like I think he's had such a really good um, end of last year and um, pretty solid at the like the world cross country I know he probably wasn't like delighted with his result but I think it was really good um, I, I think Sean's really going to produce the goods soon um, and yeah it's just it's just a brilliant time but it's very easy to get left behind if you don't stay on it. And I don't want to be the same as last year. I want to be better than last year. And um, part of going back to Flagstaff is to, is to start that process. Um, I want to be showing up to hopefully the Irish champs in eight weeks' time and know that I could run 28-20 that day or faster. I want to know that I'm ready to go out and run a PB. And I know that that will lead to something really special then in the marathon later in the year so um thanks for listening as always um i'll i'll update you when i get the flagstaff and um yeah look take care everybody and and have a good few days